0: a marriage has never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a
1: Nate Bailey. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. We got Andy Kegnetta here with us from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Appreciate you being here, Andy. Thanks for taking the time.
2: I really love that. I love it. Thanks, Nate. Appreciate yeah,
1: it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I know you've listened to a few podcasts, so maybe you've prepared for this question. I'm not sure, but Championship Leadership's the name of the podcast. What comes to mind for you when you hear Championship Leadership?
2: what comes to mind with championship leadership is serving others, right? So I think part of my job as a leader is to make others champions. So when I think of championship leadership, it's not the leader becoming the champion, it's everybody around them becoming the champion. And if you do that correctly, of course, good waters float all boats, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love uh, that.
2: It'll raise your, your company up as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I like it. You know, it's making others champions around you. So that's great. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I know you just launched, you know, as of today, uh, recording this January 27th, 2022, just released a new book. So that's exciting. And, and but yeah, tell the listeners a little bit more about you and your journey and, and how that's taking you to where you are today and kind of the path that you're on.
2: Yeah. I'm, I guess I'm a serial entrepreneur. I guess I, I didn't do very well in college. So when I got out, <laughs> offer letters weren't stacked on my door. <laughs> so I Me, decided yeah. to open my own business and I guess I never stopped. I mean, I've held a few jobs in the music world. I was used to sell guitars and things like that. But for the most part, I've kind of been on my own, either starting a small business or buying one. And I did buy one up in Connecticut and it was a good experience, a small little family business and we bought mm-hmm. and sold it. And so when my I met my wife and she was from South Florida and we wanted to move to Florida, I said, maybe I'll buy a business again. So in the process of looking to buy a business, I ran into a company called Transworld and Transworld was a business brokerage selling companies. And the st- owners, Donna Bonnie Parrish, very nice people, I guess, liked me and said, hey, Why don't you work for us for a while? You don't know anything about Florida. And I was kind of scared of what I should buy. I thought Florida was a bunch of old people, but I decided, hey, why don't I work here for a while, get a layout of land, and then maybe I'll see a good deal and I'll buy it. Well, turns out I wound up buying Trans World a couple of years later. Okay. And we had one office here in Fort Lauderdale. We grew that up to uh, 10 offices here in the state of Florida, which we still own and operate. Okay. And we have about, you know, 100. Brokers here, and we sold you know about four hundred businesses a year. We decided twelve years ago to you know try to expand to other places. And as a leader, it is hard to not be on the ground and actually you know help and mentor people. So we decided we needed partners in each city to to help us grow those cities. And yeah. the best partnership arrangement we thought of was franchising. Mm-hmm. So we opened up Trans World Business Advisors franchise. With United Franchise Group, which owns other brands like Cinerama and EmbroidMe and many other things, fully promoted, uh, EmbroidMe is called now Greek. They have a lot of brands, so they're a franchise company, and they helped us franchise. And with our fifty-fifty partnership, we have grown TransWorld to over two hundred offices worldwide. It's
1: been a, it's been a oh nice wow, book. that's incredible. Yeah, that's very cool. What's the name of the book, and what's the book about?
2: You know, the book is called Closing the Deal. And we tried to boil down all the things that we know what it takes to sell a business and give that information to the sellers even before they sell. One of the things that we always say is like, sort of like Cy Sims, you know, an educated consumer is our best customer. And we want our customers to be educated to buying and selling businesses the biggest reason businesses don't sell, or the biggest reason people don't go out and buy more businesses, is because of unrealistic expectations in the marketplace. And if I could just get everybody to understand how the market works, what the realistic expectations of valuation and processes, uh, we could get a whole lot more deals done. So, our, you know, it's kind of us pouring our hearts out after 25 years in this business saying, listen, this is the best way to sell your business.
1: Yeah. Okay. I love that. Yeah. Seems like a, a pretty great resource for business owners looking to sell, like you said, because you just don't know what you don't know, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, again, people hear all kinds of stories. There are cocktail parties, their friends sold, the you know, he shouldn't take a note because he got beat on it. There's people that are immigrating from other countries. They're going to give them lots of money for their business, all kinds of cash and big suitcases. And all <laughs> those things aren't true. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, uh, I always tell people, listen, people are immigrating to this country. It's harder to become rich in another country. It's like, so they're even smarter than the people that are here that are rich. They're, they're yeah. not going to waste their money on a business that doesn't perform. Or right. they're not, they're not going to figure out what the true valuation of a business is. If everybody kind of goes into the process with eyes wide open, we have full transparency. We have uh, we say we want to do good deals for good people. We want people that are gonna thrive in these businesses and listen, come back to us five, 10 years later, maybe buy more businesses. We certainly have people do that. And we have people that, you know, eventually want to sell because they reach dreams.
1: How much of your process as a broker to helping these business owners sell their businesses is coming in to potentially even help them become a bit more profitable, uh, to to be a little bit more uh, of an appetite for for buyers, right?
2: Yeah. I always say, and part of the book and reason writing the book was if I could get a hold of business owners two or three years before they want to sell, because if they do all the right things in the last two or three years, and the magic number is two years, because if they have good books and records, which is the number one thing people need to do, profits and all those, if they have good books and records, the banks will finance their business through BA programs, which you know, I'm sure you know about. There's plenty of, of good banks that are looking to help buyers buy businesses. And if they could get bank financing, the sellers are going to walk away with 90, perhaps 100% of their money and be able to get a higher multiple. They have a good business that is performing well over the last few years and has prospects of, of you know growing in the future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And my guess would be that there's probably more that don't have those good books in place uh, to, you know, which you would you would think as a business owner, that'd be something that's kind of common sense. But uh, is that or is that not?
2: It's getting better.
1: Is it? Okay.
2: Yeah. Like, you know, 25 years ago, when I got into this business, I would say 80% of the businesses had some sort of cash component to it, where the business owners would you know basically take the cash out of the cash register and hide yeah, it right that's right. really hard these days i mean yeah. you know between apple pay and being yeah. able to swipe credit cards it's very difficult to hide cash because not a lot of people trade in cash which is a good mm-hmm. thing the other thing that uh, has changed the world for us is computers right so yeah, computer right. computerized point of sale systems with inventory uh, accounting has made it much easier for a buyer to look at a business and find the money unless somebody is really trying hard to you know work their p and l statement down so they don't have to pay taxes, which plenty sure. of people do. Yeah, and there's yeah. legitimate ways of doing it and right. there's you know some gray areas like going out to too many dinners or
0: mm-hmm. traveling
2: or anything. but those things are relatively easy to unwind. The harder things to unwind is when they don't keep track of inventory, when they're playing around with, uh, you know, inviting customers to pay cash and those kind of things. That's when it gets a little wonky, but again, it's getting better over time. Yeah. And so the real magic for people to, you know, maximize the value of their business is to make sure they have good books and records and to make sure that they have a few good years before they sell.
1: Yeah. Well, you definitely play an important role and uh, I'm sure help a lot of people out. So as a leader, you know, especially with what you're doing with over 200 locations, I believe you said now and the franchising and and thinking to the impact that you really are able to make through that process, you know, what's the vision for you? I think championship leaders have great vision and uh, courage to take action on that. So. Maybe even short term for you. Five years flies by in a hurry these days. What uh, what kind of vision and impact do you want to make?
2: Yeah, I want to continue to build out the business sale marketplace. Uh, you know, historically, selling a business, your business has been an illiquid asset, something that wasn't easy to necessarily sell, and that's changing over time. Sure, the internet has changed it. When we used to advertise for buyers for a business, it literally used to be in the local newspaper and the classifieds. Well, now those classifieds are online websites like biz by sell. There's plenty of places to go out there and find businesses for sale. So now buyers can literally buy businesses around the world. They can shop and comparatively shop and compare. So that has made the, the marketplace much more efficient. Still, it's barely efficient to the point where I think most businesses sell or close because they don't know the process of buying and selling. So, in five years from now, I would love to see eighty to ninety percent of businesses that want to sell be able to go to a singular marketplace where you know brokers might ourselves come together, cooperate in this marketplace, much like a Nasdaq for selling small businesses. And I think you're seeing that. You're seeing that in yeah. crowdfunding. You're seeing that in uh, the ability for people to hire independent contractors. I think you're seeing those marketplaces come together, and I'd like to be a part of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Shift gears just a little bit here. What's um, you know, think of a time in your life where kind of what I call a critical moment or fork in the road. And, you know, had you chosen differently, your life would look much differently than it is today. I think there's a lot of people. Last two years have been kind of rough, and there's probably been a lot of fork in the road moments for 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 many people. And it's always powerful to hear how others have been able to decide in those moments, because it's always tough. You don't know which way to go. And um, uh, is there a moment or two that, that sticks out to you that you, you could share with the listeners?
2: Yeah. I mean, the the first one that came to mind was, you know, I had a good year in my first year here at Transworld. I sold nine deals as a salesperson. My second year, I referred to it as my sophomore slump and I was not having a good year. And I could tell you it's mostly because, you know, you build up an inventory, you sell the good stuff, and now you're still working on a set of inventory. So I wasn't doing well. And I got a letter in the mail to join a real estate brokerage, get out of business brokerage. And go to what I felt was a more safe place to sell real estate. And I went and visited a real estate broker, and uh, he looked at me and he said, Andy, I, I kid him about this because I, I knew him many years after I bought Trans World. And uh, he said, Andy, if you do a really good job this year, you know, I think you make 20 grand. And I looked at him and I said, Right. If I close <laughs> three deals, I'm going to make 20 grand in the next three months.
0: Yeah. And yeah. so
2: I went home and, my wife's like, don't, don't stop. You're on a path. You're doing yeah. really well, you know? And so it was a critical moment, you know, would have changed a lot of lives if I didn't continue. with.
1: Her. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You think back and sometimes, you know, you see that often people kind of give up a little too early. Right. I mean, they write books about it, right. Three feet from, from gold and, uh, you know, don't stop before you're and you're almost there and, and you shift because it's not coming as fast as you would like to see it yeah. happen so I
2: always tell people the scariest time on the roller coaster is when you're clicking up the mountain you know and you're yep. clicking up and you can't see over the other side right. same thing in entrepreneur you know if you're being an entrepreneur if you're doing a different career move it it seems like you're fighting it and the scariest part is when you think you're about there and you and you're not there and yeah. you think and you're afraid of what's on the other side it takes time i think if I have to look back, you know, I was disappointed in myself in my twenties because I wasn't a millionaire yet. And, and, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, that was my expectation. You know, right. like, I'm going right. to get in the business and become a millionaire. And you know, I think I got to 30 and I wasn't there yet. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? You know, and, <laughs>
1: right, right. Yeah, and yeah. it
2: it just takes more time than that.
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, again, you know, I've, nowadays everything's at our fingertips and so we're less and less in, uh, patient. and uh, that's a frustrating thing, especially in a conversation like this that we're having some things just, you know, there's a necessary amount of time or work that's required to get to certain places and but you hear the stories the outliers of the people that do crush it in a year or whatever, right? And then they think that's the norm, and it's just not. So
2: it's not the norm, but I'll tell you what's very promising and very, I think, one of the greatest things, right? So I think the internet has changed the world, of course, no, absolutely, and the ability to access information now and access markets is incredible. So I look at young entrepreneurs now and say, if I had the tools that you know you have now. You know, can you imagine what a little more hard work could do? You have information. You can find yes. out anything on YouTube. I mean, you can learn anything on YouTube. And then if you want to market, you literally have a worldwide marketplace. If you wanted to start selling on eBay or Amazon and pivot later to a website. I mean, there are so many ways to kind of get going these days. And if you want to learn about something, you could be a gig worker for a while. I mean, I think really exciting.
1: Yeah. A ton of opportunity like you say, and, uh, there's a lot of information and sometimes that's too much, right. Too, because then people get overwhelmed and they don't know where to start and then they just don't. So, but, uh, yeah, there's plenty, (laughs) there's plenty of opportunity out there for, for those that are really wanting to go after it and, and take it. Who would be a couple, one or two championship leaders in your life that have really impacted you and more so really, you know, what are some of the characteristics that stand out to you from those individuals and maybe, maybe are some of the characteristics that have helped mold who you are as a leader.
2: Yeah, I think uh, the first one that came to mind was my grandfather. He was a a bookbinder in the night shift in Brooklyn and he was the union leader. And uh, he just had a selfless way about him and he welcomed everybody into his home. He didn't have a prejudice bone in his body. Uh, He seemed genuinely disturbed when he heard about people lying or being dishonest. And it just made such an impression on me as a kid That me and my brothers, you know, kind of live to his spirit all the time. You know, I think of some of the business people that I've emulated over over time. There's been so many heroes here locally, like uh, the Wayne Hisingas of the world and the Jim Morans mm-hmm. of the world. These are, you know, local entrepreneurs that you know started some of the Southeast Toyota and. Uh, of course, Wayne started Blockbuster and Waste Management, and uh, he's done so yep. many things. Uh, and they gave back to their communities. I think that's what I, I I took from them that they got so much more from giving back than they did from you know being a profitable business person. So I've you know gotten a, involved in nonprofit, and I've been the local chairman of the. I just rolled off being chair of the United Way here in Broward County. Junior Achievement, that I was chairman of. I do a, an annual dinner called Andy's FamilyPastaDinner.com if you wanted to check it out. But oh, really, we're having our 20th anniversary dinner for a local soup kitchen that I've been on the board for for 20 years. So I think giving back, uh, there's lots of business leaders that I looked at that give back first. And that's been an incredible connection tool for me to learn. I have learned so much about strategic planning from being on nonprofit boards. I've learned so much. I've gotten so much business because I gave back first. So I would encourage anybody, if you want to be a leader, leaders get out there and roll up their sleeves and do things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. We're we're getting close to the end here. I, I know you said you sold some guitars. I see some, if anyone's, if you're watching this, not listening to it on YouTube, uh, got some guitars in the background. You play as well.
2: I do play. It's one of my uh, passionate hobbies. I think everybody should have a creative outlet. That's another good thing that leaders do is they Mm -hmm. get to use both sides of their brains. I did write a book. My family had a business uh, sold and manufactured guitars for about 100 years. Oh, no Uh, way. The brand was called Favilla. Uh, So I wrote a book about it. It's on Amazon as well. So if you're a guitar collector out there, uh, you know, and you run into a favela, they're extremely well-made American instruments and there's tons of them out there. Very cool. So my family and I got together and said, gee, you know, a hundred years of, uh, guitar knowledge is going to go down the tubes if we don't write this down. So we did. Yeah.
1: Oh, very good. I love that. That's great. Last question. You know, if there were one or two things you could give to the listeners that if they were to implement, take action today would help move their life forward today. What would that be?
2: You don't have paralysis by analysis. I was looking for a time where I can say that. That's one of my well, favorite that, things. You just yes. got to do it. I mean, yeah. you really just got to you know, motivate yourself to get out of bed in the morning. And the second one is to ask for help. I've certainly got mentors uh, in my life. I I already talked about it's okay to ask for help. It's okay. If you're not feeling mentally well to have help. I've had times in my life where I've, I've had counseling. And I think that's such a powerful thing. I learned so much about getting guidance and, and from others. So just, you know, those two things, you got to get out there and do it and don't be afraid to ask for help. Definitely.
1: Yeah. 100%. 100%. So how can we find more about, I know you've already actually mentioned a few few uh, links and sites and things like that, books that, that you have written, um, maybe give us a, a good place to go and, and find out all about, you know, what you're up yeah. to.
2: Tworld.com is where, you know, uh, is my business, Transworld Business Advisors. And you could certainly get in touch with me there. I'm always taking emails, ac at tworld.com. It's easy to remember. And happy to talk to anybody, happy to talk to you about your business and how to build your business by acquisition, or, you know, it might be your time, you're a baby boomer and you want to do something better in your yeah, life. This, certainly this pandemic has led people to reevaluate what's important in their life and mm-hmm. it might not be working in your business anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, I really appreciate your time today, Andy, and uh, it's it's been a pleasure. So thank you so much for coming on the show.
2: Thanks. Great conversation. Let's go.
0: Let's go. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say. Nature going home. I miss my life. Missed my wife. 15 months, she was all alone. And marriage has never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'ma lead the way. Cause I'm a form-